Have you heard of Web 2.0? What does this mean to medicine? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, Director of Foothills Psychiatry and Foothills Foundation in Boise, Idaho. I'm your host, and with me today is Dr. John Lowe. Dr. Lowe wears many hats, including Chief of Consultation and Liaison Psychiatry, Director of Psychiatric Emergency Services, and Associate Director of Psychiatric Residency Training, all at UCLA's Semmel Institute for Neuroscience and Human Behavior. His courses and lectures on technology have been a staple of the APA scientific program for years. He also writes a bi-monthly column called Tech Advisor for Primary Psychiatry, and he serves on the editorial advisory boards of Medicine on the Net and MD Net Guide. Welcome, John. Thank you. So let's start off with this Web 2.0. What is that? Basically, Web 2.0 is sort of the concept that the Internet is not just a static collection of information, nor just dynamic information that's hyperlinked to each other, meaning if I go to one website and I click on the link and it goes to another, it's more than that because nowadays with so much information on the Internet, even though search engines like Google and Yahoo have helped us find information, we now go back to the sort of social paradigm where, you know, if we want to find, say, a good plumber, we ask our buddies to say, hey, who can you recommend? The same thing's happening on the Internet. So if you want to, say, find, you know, that uh, new PDA or if you want to buy an electronic medical record, you would now start to go to the Internet and check to see who you know or who has talked about these things because now we want to get into the issues of trust. For example, you know, if I'm looking for a referral for a patient of mine who's moving to Wisconsin, you know, instead of going through the AMA list of physicians and just picking one randomly, I'm much better off if I ask one of my colleagues who lives near there to say, do you know anybody who, you know, does, for example, VNS, you know, in Milwaukee? And then I find my answers that way versus just trying to, to search or blindly go through a telephone directory. So, John, one of the things that I've started doing this year is even in travel, that instead of looking at the number of stars a hotel has, look at TripAdvisor.com, and here you have real live people talking about their experience at certain hotels, and it helps me plan my vacation this summer. Absolutely, and I think the whole concept behind Web 2.0 is really sort of takes that to the next level. It's not just what other people have said, but then it becomes down to who you know that then is connected to this, so therefore there's more relevance. It's like when a student is applying for a residency, the letter of recommendation makes a whole lot more sense and value if you know who wrote it. So are there sites specific to physicians to talk about medical sorts of things? Absolutely. I mean, there are many different sites in terms of healthcare and healthcare technology, both for physicians as well as patients. I think in many ways, our patients are somewhat ahead of us, if you will, in terms of adoption of technology on the Internet. Health communities, there's a myriad of them out there where patients can then you know, create a blog where they can comment on their frustrations or their progress with their illness, be it cancer or even schizophrenia, to where there's whole support groups available, chat forums. It's just incredible out there, and uh, they're even... Patients are even using things such as um, listservs. I remember distinctly, you know, when listservs is, you know, a list that you subscribe to to get email messages, there was one called Madness that was 
really geared towards patients with psychotic disorders, so that way they could, you know, share their experiences and to provide some level of support. This was like almost 10 years ago. Of course, I would think that if you're paranoid about someone reading an email, you may not want to subscribe, but anyway. Yeah, Yeah, actually, I had forgotten about that, but I, as a patient, did that when I had my last baby. I was hospitalized with a relatively rare pregnancy-related problem and got on and was on a listserv, and I learned more from that listserv than I did anywhere. So it was crucial to me when I was sick. Absolutely, and that's the whole, if you will, flavor of Web 2.0 translated to Health 2.0, which is that that social context that helps you feel more connected to that information, whether it's support or information about a disease or whether you should use this doctor. I mean, this is where we're heading. Now, tell us about CERMO. That's gotten a lot of buzz. CERMO has gotten a lot of buzz because it's a very interesting company. It's a site where once you subscribe, there's a bunch of questions that are out there. You can either pose your own question or you can then comment on a question that you've read. For example, it could be, you know, one of the interesting ones uh, has been the debate about universal health care. Or another question could be, you might say, has anybody had a patient, you know, on, say, Abilify and experienced them developing, you know, neuroleptic malignant syndrome? And so it's all secured. You have to be a physician in order to utilize the CERMO service. And it has a very interesting sort of a ranking system, depending on how many questions you answer, you start developing a rank as a, you know, CERMO user. Also, people then rate whether your comments or questions are useful, sort of like what we do for Amazon, you know, is this product good or not? And then, did you find this opinion helpful? And so that also contributes to it. And so actually, you actually can see for different specialties, different users who, you know, have higher ranks, so to speak. The other piece is that you know, all this is, of course, confidential and not at all tied to individual users, but what happens is that some, for example, pharmaceutical companies or health policy companies or health education companies might look at some of this data and they take it in aggregate and your comments, say, were included, then CERMO actually pays you, say, $20 for you know, contributing just one question, for example. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. John Lowe. We are discussing Health 2.0. John, back to CERMO for a minute. So does it cost to subscribe to CERMO? Not at all. CERMO is free. The goal, again, is to have more users. It's sort of the adage that there is some, you know, knowledge in crowds, and the goal is to sort of take that collective knowledge and produce uh, useful and relevant information. Are there other sites competing with CERMO now? Well, they're all a little different. For example, one of the ones that I use is something called Within3, which is a professional networking site for healthcare professionals. Uh, Many of you probably have heard of your patients using uh, Facebook or MySpace to connect with their friends. But for professionals, the biggest one in the market there is a LinkedIn I've used that. I remember when I signed up five years ago, you could count the number of physicians on it literally in like 20. But now, of course, there's well over a thousand physicians using it. But LinkedIn, although it's very good in terms of connecting, it tends to be more geared towards people in the technology industry. That's about 40% of their members. But health professionals have unique needs. And so within three, 
I found was more geared towards uh, healthcare in terms of if I wanted to connect to researchers, I could then find potentially clinical trials that somehow I was connected to, say, a colleague here at UCLA who then knew somebody over in Philadelphia that's doing this sort of unique clinical trial, I could potentially refer my patient to that trial and say, you know, given your condition, you may want to try this. So this is within three, the number three? Correct. And uh, what's kind of neat, too, is that the site also allows you to not just have your network of physicians and researchers, but it creates a web presence. They give you a sort of web page where you could put up your CV and some contact information. And so uh, you could actually have a web presence using your Within3 profile if you chose. Are there any other competitors out there? Yeah, another one that's out there is called iMedExchange. That's a new one, which actually just put more information on their website. Basically, that's another online community just for physicians. They have a more interesting take on things where they're looking towards the sort of personal aspect. For example, one of the things they plan to do is not only have comments of physicians providing input on certain, let's say, electronic medical record products or PDAs, then you could sort of see that kind of selected information. They also have a section where you could exchange information on, say, vacation homes. Like I have, say, if you had a house in the Hamptons that you're not using for the month of November, you could find somebody potentially who would want to rent it from you, and perhaps you would feel a bit more assured that since it's another physician on this network, that the person's not going to trash your place. And this is iMed Exchange, just like it sounds. Exactly. And, and again, this is a site I just stumbled on really recently. I think it has a lot of exciting potential. And it's, what's interesting about all three of these sort of networking or uh, community sites for physicians is that they're all different in their own way. And perhaps it's going to be difficult for the physician to decide which one really fits all your needs. I don't think one really kind of like saying, which car do you want to drive? <laughs> right, right. Well, I know for me, I've signed up for all of them and hardly use any of them. So, I think that's going to change down the road, though, Leslie. I, I agree with you. You know, right now, it's because, you know, the strength of all these sites is really based on the numbers. Once the numbers are small, you know, it may be not that useful. But once the numbers build up, then it becomes more powerful. What about Steve Case's new venture? I guess it's not so new now. It's been a year or so, this Revolution Health. It's mostly consumer-driven, and it's pretty interesting. You know, the consumers' patients go on and do all sorts of things. There were some really neat tools, you know, to help you figure out your diabetes risk and that sort of thing. But, you know, as a physician, what's interesting to me is to go on there and they have sort of polls about, say, certain medicines. So, you know, all the people on Zyprexa, you know, what do you think? And they, they rate the different antipsychotics or whatever medicine category. And it's very interesting to see what the public public's perception is of the things that we use every day. Right. Well, that's a good point. I mean, if you think back to, you know, before we had the Web 2.0 concept of much more dynamic things, uh, lots of graphics, video, things like that, you know, Bob Shung over at the University of Chicago still has a site where patients would post comments on medications. It was a psychopharmacology site for patients, and he had moderated and things of that nature on different topics. This is sort of, I see Revolution Health as sort of like the next, if you will, web-accelerated you know, product related to that, where, as you said, patients can find different information. Basically, everybody's competing for eyeballs on the Internet. 
Now, is Medscape changing at all to kind of get in with the whole Web 2.0 concept? I believe that Medscape is changing somewhat in terms of adding more features. But what's going to happen, I think, in the healthcare and, and web industry, if you will, is that there's got to be some consolidation because there's no one company that can provide everything. If you look at Google, for example, you know they've purchased a number of companies that are related to their mission. So I think it's really hard to say whether one company can you know, reinvent itself necessarily to progress along the lines of Web 2.0 versus you know, they tend to just you know, buy somebody. Right, right. I'd like to thank our guest today, Dr. John Lowe. We have been discussing the latest internet trends and how it may affect healthcare. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.